Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now, as I said, we have got so much to get through today in our Pop Culture Roundup. It has been a very eventful week that we just have to get straight into it. I'm joined by Connor Bean, 2FM presenter and host of the House of Mives. How, I, every time, every time I say House Mives. House Why? Mives. And like, they're such a huge part of my life and I can never House Wives and Me podcast. Yes, thank you. Oh, okay. Hello, good morning. Good Hannah. morning, Hannah. greetings. How's We've got so much to talk about, so we better yes. get stuck in. Um, and we're going to start with Kanye West. Kanye, mm-hmm. this album, just, I'm going to, you go. What happened this week? <laughs> <laughs> so we know that Kanye West's 10th album, Donda, has been much delayed. He did a listening event in Atlanta about three or four weeks ago. The album was meant to come out that weekend. It didn't. He hunkered down in that arena in Atlanta for final touches that seemed to be never ending. Just this week, he did another listening event, which basically he goes into a stadium and sort of does half concert, half album playback. He did it again in an arena in Chicago. This time, things had changed. He'd built a set resembling his fam- his childhood home. Set, I mean, it was incredible. Yes. Yeah, so it was, was like a total recreation of, of his childhood home, which we've seen on an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So, like... He planted, basically, a house inside a, a giant stadium, which is, I suppose, an interesting take, I think, to do. He also was joined by guests in the show, obviously got a lot of headlines for Kim Kardashian was there. She's been very supportive of him. And this album, despite the fact that they've been divorced, there have been stories about her wanting to like really be there for him because obviously they still have kids together. So she came out in a wedding dress and they recreated his their wedding from 2014 because he obviously feels that's a significant moment in his life. But there were also some less favourable headlines because he was joined on stage at one point by DeBaby and Marilyn Manson. DeBaby, of course. At the same time. At the same time, flanking him, if you will. Yeah. Surrounded by his pals, his controversial pals, it would seem. So DeBaby, of course, made homophobic and kind of really uninformed comments about HIV and AIDS at a show. But a month ago, that has created this huge conversation. He's faced backlash. He kind of has apologised, hasn't apologised. It's been a mess. He joined also by Marilyn Manson, who has four sexual abuse lawsuits against him at the moment. And over 15 women have come forward with claims of sexual assault against Marilyn Manson. So there's been this real reckoning and speaking out moment against what's alleged are long-term instances of him being very, very abusive and awful towards women. And for Kanye West, that seems to be the perfect time to bring him on stage. I mean, great stuff altogether. I great, can't great, great. get my head around it. And I saw, like, you know, in terms of Kim being there, there was a lot of conversation, obviously. A lot of people saying, I can't believe they're back together. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't read this as back together because if you... If you know Kim like I do. <laughs> hey, Louise, it's Kim. No, so if, you, from you. if you watch the show or like follow yeah. her, like she is so fiercely loyal and has never really said a bad word about Kanye. She's just said that the relationship doesn't work because he, he needs to. What she said was he needs to go have someone who can go with him to Wyoming for six months while he writes music and can, you know, who, yeah. who can dedicate themselves fully to supporting him. And she needs to have a life and she needs to have someone to watch TV with, basically. But she's never said anything bad about him at all. And she clearly is very supportive of him and that entire family if we know one thing about the Kardashian women it's that they stand by their man you know to a fault yeah um, so I for me it was like no she's just part of this piece of art but but I, she cannot have been ha- surely she's not happy about the fact that she was sharing the gig with right. Marilyn Manson so this is an interesting point because People Magazine did a report and People Magazine obviously look we hear about sources and blah 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 but People Magazine of all the celeb outlets tends to have 
the most accurate or best placed sources, particularly for people like the Kardashians. So there are multiple sources in this piece who are saying that she wasn't in the loop at all about what was happening at the show. She was only aware of what Kanye had asked her to do and she was willing to help him. They were saying that basically she was in like a suite. She was in a sports stadium or an arena. So like she was in one of those suites where you actually can't see half the stage and you're milling around with your crew or whatever. So she didn't apparently know about the baby of Marilyn Manson. That is feasible. It is. If you think about, you see like celebs who go to like the Super Bowl and they show the thing. You're like, you can't even see the game from where you are. You're just there to have. A no, nice they're drink in a tiny nice... room, and then they're walked in the middle of a crowd down a hallway. They do their bit, and then they go back to their tiny room. Like, I think it's completely realistic that she wouldn't have seen. So another source told people that she isn't happy about this and said Kim is the first one to support his vision. Spacking up what you said, he asked to be part of a listening event, and she said yes without hesitation. She didn't know that Marilyn Manson would be there too. She understands why there is backlash. Kim is all about positive publicity. I'll say she would never <laughs> participate if she knew Manson would be there she wasn't clued in on everything that was going to happen and another source said a lot of it took her by surprise but then you have to decide do you bail at the last minute or did you do what you agreed to do in the end she decided to stay and fulfil her promise that doesn't mean she supports Marilyn Manson the baby and the things they believe she was there to support the father of her children so yeah. she, they're kind of painting as Kim's ethical dilemma because yeah. <laughs> she was like what do I do and then on the baby front I know Kanye posted to his Instagram account this morning some texts about the delay, another delay of the album yeah. release because DaBaby's management won't approve his contribution to the album. Yeah, and there's a story that DaBaby's verse on one of the songs is replacing a Jay-Z verse and there's also a rep where Marilyn Manson said that Manson's voice will be used on the album. And what I find... What pre- are you doing? Why are you doing this? It's also... Pre- what You know, with DaBaby, you could argue maybe there... You know, DaBaby has been really big the last few years. Maybe Kanye said, oh, at some point on this album, I'll need you on a song. And then this happens. Don't worry, I'll stick beside you. But like, Marilyn Manson and Kanye West are not long-time collaborators where, oh, we all knew he was going to be on Donda. It no. just strikes... It's just that kind of trolly, like, oh, everyone's trying to cancel you. I'm going to have my album. I'm like, no, it's not that. There are serious allegations about this yeah. person. Like, it's not just a case of... Oh, you made some, a bad joke or yeah, whatever. It's yeah. quite serious. So it just, it feels like this kind of trolley, like get attention for backlash thing, which works in a way we're talking about it, but also it's just very off-putting. It's very hard. Kanye makes it very difficult to be an appreciator of his art, let me tell you. Yes. Um, okay, let's move on because Molly Mae Haig, who obviously made a name for herself in Love Island, as she is only 22 and she has just been announced as the creative director of Pretty Little Thing interesting uh, move it's I think some people have said creative director is the new like I don't know face off it's it's been painted as this new instead of being a yeah. spokesperson your creative director she's gonna be a creative director for the UK and EU market for that brand obviously she has been tied to Pretty Little Thing for a while as an influencer she did a lot of work with them pre-Love Island she called it the biggest move in my career so far when she announced the news uh, during the week and point you know of course it was tied into the launch of a new collection just before The Sun reported she's making like I think six figures for this or seven figures for this deal and just before it was announced she put a thing on Instagram for her buying herself like a Cartier bracelet where it's I looked at my watch when I said that my watch is like 20 quid. (laughs) Cassio was like she bought herself a Cartier bracelet as I look at my 20 quid Cassio watch. She uh, (laughs) bought a bracelet worth £37,000 and said it was like basically a treat like a well done to myself. So then this deal gets announced you know listen there's the people who love influencers to go work, girl, boss, get your secure the bag, blah, blah, blah. And there's also been a conversation about Boohoo Group owns Pretty Little Thing, Nasty Gal, a number of these fast fashion brands, including Boohoo. There was a controversy last year about the supply chain and the factories in Leicestershire in England that were making clothes under what was alleged to be poor working conditions, poor pay during the peak of the pandemic in the UK, like not proper social distancing, etc. Just last month, there was more. There was another report from Sky News about alleged 
basically the boohoo had stepped and said we're paying people more and the factory said yeah that's fine but then the factories were paying more and asking the workers to give the money back now oh. to be fair the boohoo group came out and said we are working on our supply chain etc but the ethics around fast fashion have for the environment and for the workers have been in I think even for the casual consumer much more in the forward of mind so there's something about framing this fully as Girl boss, it's like, uh, but to what ex- to what end? At whose expense? Well, I suppose the thing is, you know, the the Boohoo's group is like the peak fast fashion, peak yeah. disposable clothing. Um, you know, wear it a couple of times and and get rid. That's that's yeah. what what that brand is about. The prices reflect that, and like. There is an argument, obviously, for inexpensive clothing. Of course, there is. Yeah. However, when you are a multi-millionaire, at what point do you have to ask yourself, is this the right thing for me to to be aligning myself with? You know, because you you do whether you want to be a role model or not. You have literal influence. That's your job. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to kind of feel good about things like. This, I suppose, because, you know, it just feels a bit icky. Yeah. And I find that it's one of those things. And some people consume pop culture, like they take what's important and they're like, oh, my God, Fab. Oh, I don't like her. And some people are like, you know, they like the entertainment and the escapism. And they also like to go, does this say anything about us in the world around us? And I do think a story like this asks us to go a little bit deeper, not to be pretentious or snobby. We love our muck. We love trash, whatever. But I just, I, even the way it was reported, it's a boss move. It's blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, and also this thing, I'm only 22 and I'm making this move in my career. It's like, yeah, but you're already very famous and your career yeah. path is not actually, isn't like I spent, you know, I've been on a market stall selling my handmade clothes for 10 years or I learned how to, like, I don't know how to make clothes, but like I've, <laughs> I've been a seamstress since I was a kid. No, this is, you were on TV and you've been handed something because of that. I'm not saying there isn't hard work involved or it's not easy to be in the public eye, but it's been framed as this kind of, you can do it too, gals. And it's like, this is not a relatable position. And actually, to I don't know, it, it has left a bad taste in my And look, I'm not a love on person. So I was like, is it that why? I'm like, no, it's actually bigger than that, I think. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's, we all know that we need to shop differently and that we need to use things differently. We need to wear clothes differently. Like we all know that at this point. And there has to be at some point a kind of, turning point how many times can I say point there has to be a change in attitude at some stage and I think it's important that people make their feelings known and I hope that Molly May because I've seen lots of like Molly May seems lovely like I have no issue with Molly May yeah. and I've seen lots of people saying this like I have no issue with Molly May I want her to be successful but this is not the look (laughs) and this is not the kind of influence that you know you want to be having Uh, you know I personally couldn't be comfortable with it but look we'll see how it the chips fall is that an expression yeah I've said it now you made your point as you said (laughs) Uh, okay now let's move on Um, because there has been a bit of controversy around the uh, former baby (laughs) who was on the not a baby yeah he's not a baby anymore (laughs) um, but he was the baby on the cover of the iconic uh, Nevermind Nirvana album or Smells Like Teen Spirit no, no, never mind. Was never mind, the album, yeah. but Teen Spirit was one was of the on singles. It, yeah. and of course, that album. I owned it. Listen, it came out in 1991. It's one of the biggest albums of all time. It's so well, like I, my dad copies. owned it. Yeah, well, my dad in, owned it, and I put it on when my friends came over to be cool. Yeah, well, that's family ownership. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the clan. So uh, Spencer Eldon was the baby on the cover of that album back in the day. He's obviously now a grown man. He is now 
He's now set up a new lawsuit where he's, he's suing the surviving members of the band and the estate of Kurt Cobain and the photographer and various record labels involved with the band. Uh, he is claiming the band violated federal child pornography statutes and argues child sexual exploitation. That's according to Pitchfork. Um, the lawsuit names photographer Kirk Weddle as well. He Basically, Spencer Eldon is arguing that the legal guardians he had, like his family, didn't sign a release at the time for the use of his likeness or for any, as he says in the lawsuit, commercial child pornography depicting him. He's, so he's suing for what he sees as this image being distributed worldwide without his consent and then the kind of emotional damages, <clears throat> excuse me, and quote, permanent harm he has suffered, including extreme and permanent emotional distress. So this is an interesting story because over the years, Spencer has recreated the album cover. He has the words Nevermind tattooed in his arm. And some people brought that up as kind of like, well, why do you feel this way now? But he has expressed some concerns about the image. Like in 2016, when it was the 25th anniversary of the album, he was interviewed by GQ Australia. He said, I've been going through it my whole life, but recently I've been thinking, what if it wasn't okay with my freaking penis being shown to everybody? He said, I didn't really have a choice. He called it effed up. So I think he has maybe grappled with this for a while. And there seems to be a piece too where his dad was paid 200 quid for the photo and the photographer said, come over and throw your kid in the drink, which is like slang for throw them in the water. Yeah. I'm doing a load of photos today and I don't think anybody thought about, regardless of the kind of sexual element being argued is something I think it feels like a strong thing to say because I don't think necessarily any picture of a child is sexual if they're like frolicking the sea, but obviously the, there's ethics there. But the idea that the image was 200 quid and then blasted around the world and yeah. is an iconic album cover, there is something in perhaps this person should have been paid more money or been given some kind of, the way you would get a royalty if you wrote a song on the album forevermore, perhaps being involved in the images should maybe have a little more ethics and care and like future payment around it. I don't know. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And I think the fact is you can feel differently about one thing one year and you can feel yeah. that the way you feel five years later and we're still talking this is a young guy you know yeah. he's 30 I think he must be around 30s, about 30 because yeah, of based 91. on the yeah, yeah the age of the album and he's obviously figuring out his feelings around this so you know he's he's entitled to have those feelings and to you know, take whatever course he views is appropriate and then the court will decide. Um, now, before we uh, take a quick break, Niall Horan um, hosted Jimmy Kimmel this week. He did. So a bunch of celebs are filling in for Jimmy Kimmel, Mara Morris, RuPaul. A bunch of people have been kind of given the chance to take over the show, do the famous monologue, have chats with guests. Niall showed off his friendship with the Jonas Brothers in a video about golfing. He interviewed Lizzo where Lizzo said, oh, I want to talk to you about my song. Well, I actually have a clip of, of Lizzo and Niall's chat. I very much enjoyed this. Let's have a listen. Lizzo. Do you remember the first time we ever met? It was in London, yep. right? It was like BBC Radio 1. And I remember I pulled up and there was like all of these like girls, all these fans. And I was like, oh my gosh, my fans are waiting for me outside. I got out the car. They <laughs> I got out the car. They didn't give a f- about me. They didn't give a f- so wait a minute. I said, who are all these people here for? <laughs> And then I went inside and it was you and they introduced me to you and you were like, congratulations, Lizzo, you're smashing it. And I was like, I'll smash you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? That's how it's I done. It. I might ha- I, I, I want to set that up on a Tinder conversation at some point so I can really like, land the plane. I love Niall Horan. <laughs> that was said with such a... <laughs> I've really, so I've really grown to love him. I really I have. As something I've done on TikTok, again, TikTok mention, something I've done on TikTok means I keep getting clips of Niall Horan just being sound to people. And there's so many, like of him, you know, 
you know, play, he was playing a golf match with um, a, a young woman with a disability and he was like so cool with her and kind with her. And he's, I've just seen like loads. I just think he is very sound and a great representative for our little island. <laughs> and that's and, what I have to say about that. And he's made to lose a one of your longtime faves. So, you know. Look, I just, I just want to offer him my support. He needs it. I know. It's not like he has other fans. Okay, coming up next, we have got my track of the week. It's from Elm. And then we've got lots more to discuss. Louise McSherry on 2FM. That is a new song from Elm. They are back. Love them. My track of the week this week. Um, I highly, highly recommend having a listen to uh, their earlier music on Spotify as well. It's excellent. Um, but great to have Elm back in business. Now, Connor Bean is here with me. He is, of course, 2FM presenter and uh, the host of the House. Wives and Me podcast. I am. And we've got lots more to talk about. And first, I mean, I did, would not have predicted this, but we have to talk about ABBA. <laughs> yes, I know. ABBA are finally making a comeback. So this has been kind of, they've been circling this for about two or three years. And I think obviously pandemic has delayed it somewhat, but they are planning on releasing their first song in nearly 40 years next week. They have tweet tea, something called Abba Voyage. I've been calling it Voyage and not a Voyage because I just feel like Abba Voyage it sounds, sounds better. It sounds correct. <laughs> so to say Abba Voyage, Abba Voyage. So they teased that on social media a few days ago just with pictures of lights on a date, which is next Friday's date. And the sun broke news with a report saying that they are basically doing a show where they have avatars of themselves performing all their songs, of their younger selves performing all the hits. A hologram show, basically, which was reported and rumoured a couple of years ago, but seems to be finally coming to fruition now. A source told The Sun that they uh, the show will include a new documentary on the group charting their journey, and it will pr- reportedly open in May of next year. They're saying there's a theatre in London's East End that has been like purpose-built for this particular show. The group will all come out on stage together as their current selves to kind of show off the holograms, etc. So this has been in the works for a while. I mean, I, I was thinking about the fact that this is going to be in the East End and in London, like... There's already the West End where Mamma Mia lived and did so well for years. I mm. think this is going to be equally like, I think people travel to see and an appointment kind yeah. of thing. May of next year when I think things will probably be a little lot more flexible than they are now. And there's a new song. So no word on what that is, if it's a newly recorded song or, you know, there, there probably is, because there actually has not been many like songs we never released back in the day, but here you go. There's probably a treasure trove of material they have sat on for years that is probably of the same calibre because it's ABBA. They can't make bad songs. Well, that's, like they really can't go. and they are definitely having a moment with the kind of you know Gen Z because they're all over TikTok like all over TikTok and have you noticed because I remember in like 1999 Abba Gold took off there was that Brits uh, performance a bunch of pop acts in the I day I remember thank that. you for the music and and then in like 2008-2009 the first Mamma Mia movie comes out and then the second one came out 10 years later honestly like they've every, never gone away every 10 years there's like an Abba resurgence and that's why usually I'd be like oh we're too we don't talk about acts from a certain generation but ABBA actually, honestly, transcend that. It's bizarre. It's brilliant, but it's, it's unprecedented. <laughs> um, okay, now, uh, this week, a trailer for a new Princess Diana film came out. It's called Spencer, and it stars Kristen Stewart. Yes, who I think a lot... Of, there there are two types of Kristen Stewart awareness people in the world. Some who only know her from Twilight think she's a permanent grumpy, like, ungrateful, like, p- terrible actress, etc. And there's people who followed along and realised she's become a bit of a art house cinema darling. She has come out as gay. She is far more nuanced and interesting. I think far more talented than some people will give her credit for. So I think this has potential to be very interesting. It's set over only three days and it's basically uh, around Christmas when she decides, she's um, Diana, Princess Diana decides she wants to leave Prince Charles. It's directed by the same guy who made Jackie, sorry, Natalie Portman, where she played Jackie Kennedy. So a lot of people are making that comparison that this could be a real Oscar moment for her. Yeah, I was thinking, because I was thinking, I, do I want this? And I was like, I don't know if I do. And then I was thinking, 
for her to make the decision though because she has made very good decisions in terms of what parts she plays yeah. and what films she's involved Except in. Except Charlie's Angels which was muck and that pains me to say but anyway. It's true. Um, and I thought well no I actually think this might be good. It'll be interesting to see anyway we we'll yeah. can keep our eye out. She we only heard her like speak. Her. She does look like her yeah. but we only heard her speak very briefly in the trailer yes. and that'll be the real kind of telling moment. Can she can she do the accent? I know everyone compared her to Keira Knightley off of three seconds so I'm like let's give her a she little She said like three more. words yeah. two words I think and <laughs> she says they haven't or they, do, <laughs> they don't um, okay now Honey Boo Boo this week was all over the internet her, of course her name is not Honey Boo Boo Alana is her name but she yes. was made famous as Honey Boo Boo because she did a super glam brilliantly styled fashion shoot for Teen Vogue yes yeah, so Alana Thompson aka Honey Boo Boo who shot to fame on Toddlers and Tiara almost about 10 years ago then had a spin-off show then there was some controversy because her mother got into some very difficult legal stuff. Dark. Like, very dark legal stuff and then struggled with addiction. They also have another show on WeTV now. So they're still doing reality TV. But Lana literally just turned 16, I think, yesterday the other day. So to celebrate that, she did a photo shoot with Teen Vogue who kind of styled her in like fun fashion and gave her glam. Like I think in a way that maybe the casual viewer of reality TV is not used to seeing her. So she's only six years old when she first shot to fame and now she's 16. So she said that there are completely two different people in regards to like Honey Boo Boo and her as Alana and she was saying she was talking to you about how hard it is to deal with the fact that she is a parent in life who's struggling with addiction and she was saying that's way more common than people realise she said it's very very hard it's something I, I'd wish on nobody and she was saying she talks about well and in a way I thought her comments on this were really mature and lovely but also it's sad that at only 15, 16, she's talking about the body shaming she has gotten from her generation. She kind of says in the piece, oh, everyone says body positivity in Gen Z, but like from what I'm getting, I, I don't know if that's the case. She said, just because I've got a little bit of extra meat in my bones, you want to hate me, I'll never get body shaming. I know I'm beautiful. I know I've got a ban- banging body, so I don't care. Which, good for you. I wish I had that vibe now and at 16. Yeah, she sounded really, really, really smart and mature. Like she's been through it. Like aside from just being on reality TV in that way, you know, the way she has been discussed, the way her family has been discussed. Yeah. She doesn't live with her mother anymore because there are those addiction issues and other legal issues. You know, she lives with her older sister. Like all of that, that's a lot at 16. Yeah, and also there is, I think she mentioned the piece that people think because she's from the South because of Honey Boo Boo, they expect her and her family to be kind of quote unquote hicks and that kind of snobbery and classism yeah. that comes into play. So like, it's nice to see that she seems to be on the right path. She talks about wanting to buy a house in a few years and how she's actually doing reality TV because it's a way to save money so she yeah. can go to medical school and, and pay for that because she was already anticipating student debt because that's yeah. how crazy America is. So It's great. I think good for her. Um, now, <laughs> staying in the world of reality television, yes. Snooki uh, of Jersey Shore fame is not exactly flying the flag proudly when it comes to her children. <laughs> so she told E! News this week, as of right now of her kids, they think I'm an actress. She says they think Jersey Shore is like ER, like an actual scripted yeah, drama series. Yeah, I actually, we can actually listen to her oh, saying sorry. that. I have the clip. <laughs> no, you're okay. How do you explain Jersey mm-hmm. Shore to your kids? Well, as of right now, they think I'm an actress. So they think Jersey Shore <laughs> is like ER. Like they think it's uh-huh. an actual scripted, you know, drama series. Right. Um, so I'm good for a little bit. So mommy's an actress. You know, she she has won a lot of Emmys and she kills it. But I feel like once they're like 18, then I could be like, all right, kids, that was really mommy and she was a mom. <laughs> and you know she's still doing the Jersey Shore family reunion whatever it's yeah. called like that's still really popular so like I love how she's like I'm off to film and then they're seeing kids I'll see you soon <laughs> mommy's a thespian like she hasn't I told do, them all I, I, I wish they would stop it's that show is mm, is it bad 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I watched The Hills New Beginnings and that's bad. So I'm like, how? I figured it's they'd have more bad fun. bad in a similar way. No, because lots of them are like quite troubled and like, you know, the, mm. the situation's in recovery and, you know, there's, it's it's just darker now because obviously they're older and they have more responsibilities and yeah, it's it's not for me. And you know, I will watch any old dross. <laughs> so Truly. maybe Snooki should do scripted drama instead. I would, I would watch it. That's I mean, I, I would watch it. Um, okay, before I let you go, this is interesting just I think in terms of the way that music is working at the moment Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo has retroactively added two members of Paramore to the writing credits for Good For You Yeah so when Good For You came out a lot of people compared it to the Paramore song Misery Business which came out I think well over 10 years ago now so because of that it would seem Hayley Williams and Josh Farrow who wrote that song have been added to the writing credits of this track Variety were reporting on this and said it's actually an interpolation interpolation sorry I could never say that word it's where elements from another song are re-recorded and placed into a new song because the sample is you take the actual recording in yeah. like, whereas in interpolation is we played the same chords blah, blah blah and it's a nod to this they were saying that actually both parties were in discussions about this before the song came out so I think maybe it was brewing anyway and actually the publishing firm for Warner Chapel who are Paramore's late celebrated the news and Hayley Williams shared it to her story being like our publishers are wild and out this is so funny that you're sharing this so I don't know if they were planning to actually announce this they're on the ASCAP database I don't think you can see it on like Spotify credits yeah. yet but they have been added I mean some people have said oh you know if we go this way you'll never stop adding older songs to newer songs but then also the similarities of these two tracks are quite clear so it's but that's also just how music is and you know why not give people credit where it's due like Beyonce's album last album had had songwriting credits given to loads of established artists because there were nods to various songs along the way and she obviously wants to credit everyone and I think why not and also I think too the streaming era is interesting because it sounds like some big labels go put the song out and we can update if we need to yeah. like just get the song out and we'll worry with the rest so all's well that ends well but then Elvis Cost- was it Elvis Costello who said this song one of his tracks sounds like this and he was like don't worry about it yeah <laughs> he was like I'm good was it Elvis Costello or was it the the no it was a different person sorry someone like that it's, yeah I know who it was because my husband when he heard Good For You he was like that's just like this song and I just can't remember what it is now so there's a nice little bit of homework for you my dear <laughs> listeners Google you can go and Google that and you'll get the answer straight away uh, Connor, thank, thank you, you so much Connor, be in it go check out Housewives and Me his podcast where he talks to people about why they love the Housewives um, yes it is a lot of fun Louise McSherry on 2FM